So we'll go back, we'll begin with Alice Parshas Noyach, but we're just going to dip back into uh, into Parshas Beratius. So I saw something this week that, that's Kadai to speak about. So Yitzi, you remember we've spoken about the difference between etzim and shame, the difference between the essence of someone and their name. So this is a, it's a bit, we could give a whole class on this, you know, or a few classes on this concept. Um, to put it very simply, we could say that the etzim is who you are and the shame is what you have. So your name, you're not your name, you have a name. And your name represents everything that you have. Now that doesn't just mean your car and your house, that goes much more than that. That things like you have emotions. You're not emotions, you have emotions, yeah? And also you have an intellect. You're not an intellect. The proof of that is chatbot GPT, that you have an intellect, but you're not an intellect. That's not what you are. You have an intellect. We're not even going to explain what you are, but but there is that. That's the concept of there's shame and then there's essence. Now, it's interesting to note that in in Beresis, you just want to look at the pesukim. It's dalad pasuk aleph. Dalad pasuk aleph. That when this is the Indian of this is the famous line, Vaha Adam Yada es Chava Ishtoi, Vatai Vatailed es Kain, Vatoma Kinesi Ish es Adonai. This is the famous Possuk, um, Adam Ha Adam Yada es Chava, yeah, Ishtoi. So, um, the whole concept of marriage. Like we just said, there's you, and then there's the things that you have. And the things that you have becomes very, becomes very, um, what's the word? So the things that you have, like we said, become it's abstract, like you have a personality. Yeah, you have money, you have a personality, you have a car, you have emotions, you have a sense of humor. There's lots of things that you have, yeah? The whole avoider of marriage is going beyond seeing your wife as what she has and actually touching her essence, who she is. Touching the person beyond the name. That's the whole avoider of marriage. The avoider of marriage is to not be married to stuff. It's not about your wife. It's like uh, my Rebbe explained, he said this guy came to his wife. He said, my wife wants to get a divorce. Is that okay? He said, I have no idea why, why I love, I love everything about her. She's witty and intelligent and, uh, and a good cook. I'm just making that. And she's beautiful. There's all these things. She said, but what about her? She said, what do you mean? What about her? I love everything about her. Yeah. But what about her? And he couldn't cut. That was the reason why she wanted a divorce. Because he was married to all the stuff about her, but he wasn't married to her. That's, I mean, it, that's, unfortunately, this is a big chiddish in the world. We don't realize that there's a person behind all the stuff. So the whole avoider of marriage is merging with the person, with your wife. 
not with anything about her. And we see that under the chuppah, why? Because we say, Haray at Makudeshesli. You would think we're standing in front of the Adim and we've got all the Chevra around. You would think that we would say something like, Haray, Sarah Cohen, you are Makadesh to me. But we say, Haray at Makudeshesli. Why? Because that's the whole avoider of marriage is going beyond the name. Beyond the name is talking to somebody in the second person. When you're sitting in front of somebody, you don't need to mention their name. It's just you, 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 you. Because that's called panim al panim. That's a real relationship. That's when you've gone beyond all the stuff. That's called going beyond the name. So marriage is the avoider of at, hare at, mukudeshasli. Behold, you are mukudesh to me. Not anything about you. All that stuff's going to come with you as packaging. Okay, that's fine. I might enjoy it. It might be annoying. But that's not what marriage is about. Marriage is about you. You with me? So now listen to this. It's amazing how it comes out in the in the psukim by Adam. Amazing. Let's, there's four psukim. If you want to have your fingers on the psukim, it's it's Bereshis Dalad. Shai, if you want to grab yourself, or Aaron, if you want to grab a Chumash Bereshis, it might help if you have one available. Um, so first Pasuk is Pasuk uh, is Bereshis Dalad, Pasuk Aleph, and then Bereshis Dalad, Pasuk Beis. So it says Bereshis Dalad, Pasuk Aleph is Vaha Adam. I'm not going to get too deep into the hay there, but there's a difference, a big difference between Ha Adam and Adam. Ha Adam, the hay, represents Malchus, which is the concept of name. Yeah, Shemu Malchus. Baruch Shem Kavoid Malchusoi. Malchus and Shema are synonymous terms. They teach you different things, like the same idea. So it says the Ha Adam, when Adam was in this. The first time he was with his wife and he was still like kind of ironing out the creases. Yada es chava ishtoi. He was with his, with chava, her name, his wife, ishtoi. The second pasuk is braces dullard, pasuk kaf hay. This is when, when Adam was with Hava the second time. The first, the first pregnancy was with with Cain and Hevel, and the second pregnancy was with Shace. What does the second pregnancy say? Doesn't say Chava, just says Ishtoi. You with me? The first relations was Adam Yada es Chava Ishtoi. The second relations was Vayeda Adam Oid es Ishtoi. No Chava there, no name. This was the growth of the marriage. The first marriage, the, fir the first time Adam was with Chava, he was relating to her primarily as a name and secondly as his wife, as who she really is. And what happened from that was born Cain and Hevel. Cain is Loshan Kanisi, Loshan Koine, Loshan Owning. Who was born first? Obviously Cain. Cain is the, in, like we said, you have a name, you possess a name, you own a name. So, so Cain from Loshan Koine, Kanisi, yeah, Kanisi Ish Es Hashem, he came first and second came Hevel. Hevel didn't even have, it says, the next pasuk is Bereshis Dalad Beis, Betosef Leledes Es Ochiv Es Hevel, 
Hava was born, it doesn't even give a reason for Hevel's name. Cain, it says he's called Cain because Kinesis Hashem, Kinesis Hashem. Hevel, there's no reason. Why? Because Hevel was the, the essence. Cain was the name, the Chetzonius. And because Adam was relating to Chava primarily by way of her name, Cain had the, Cain took the stronger ground and Cain killed Hevel. By the second relation, by the second relations, Adam had matured, so to speak, and he wasn't relating to his wife on the level of name. He was relating to his wife on the level of Ishtoi. And from that was born Chase. And Chase was worried to have the rest of the world, all of that. Chase is Al Zaidi. Havel and Cain, they, they went, but from Chase came Noyach Bukhule. Okay. That was the first idea. So that was really in the in the in the previous from the previous uh, Pasha. There's so much to say. Um Okay, so I'll try and say this quickly. It's it, again, it, it's quite cute, but it's very deep. That that um, they said the difference between Noyach and Avram was that Noyach put on a fur coat, and Avram lit a fire. Tzadikim say like that. The world was in trouble, and Noyach took care of himself and his family. That's called the Tzadikim pelts. They say the uh, the Kotzke used to say that. The tzaddik in pelts, meaning he dresses himself up in fur, meaning he's taking care of himself, but he's not thinking about the rest of the world. Whereas Avraham lit a fire. It was cold, so Avraham lit a fire so everybody could get warm, yeah? Now that's going to answer up an interesting halacha. It says in Shulchan Aruch, wherever, the, the, the halacha basically states that, as we know, when you're going to basic garage, you have to tuck your tzitzes into your clothes. Yeah, everyone knows the halacha. So, wait, everyone's aware of that halacha that when you go into a basic of ours, you should put you should tuck your tits inside. Yeah. So what's with it? What's with? I mean, I know you Yitzi and uh, Mister Kaz, you guys are Kohanim, so you don't hang out at, at Kivrei Tzadikim so much. But uh, I I spend a lot of time at Sh- Kivrei Shimon Tzadik. And by Kevin Shimasadik, there's Talus, Tefillin, Kriya the whole thing. Yeah, by by the, by by a regular base of Kavaris, you have to tuck your tzitzes in because it's it says like it's um it's like Loeg Larash, it's like making fun of the uh of of the Diorim Shala, the, the, the of the of the of the people buried there. Whereas at the at the Kevra of Atzadik, it's Talus Tefillin, Kriya everything. Isn't it that the, t- the tits is because we don't want to make uh, uh, some form of jealousy? Yeah, exactly. That's the, yeah, exactly. There's going to be a jealousy. But by and the you're saying, of Tzaddik, but... by mm-hmm. the care of it's not just you have your tits out, you wear your talus, you wear your tefillin, you have Kriya It's the whole thing. Why isn't the Tzaddik getting jealous? And what's that connected to with Noyach wearing a fur coat and Avram lighting a fire? What's the connection? So you can explain it like this: that the whole avoider of the of the Tanya, what we're learning from the Tanya, the Tanya is not teaching us. It, it, the Tanya is not written for people who aren't interested in serving God. The Tanya is written to people who are already serving God, and they're feeling that the service is chasa. They're feeling they're feeling that there's just they're missing something. 
that's what the Tanya got written to. It's not there to it's not there to be Makarov like um Chiloinim. It's there to be Makarov Chiraidim, yeah, which is the hardest, the hardest kind of cure there is. <laughs> that um so this is how you could describe Tanya. Tanya is the transition from being the child who wants to bring his father the slippers to being the child who wants his father to have the slippers. And it's a huge nafkamina. Cole's man, you want to bring your dad the slippers. That's a, that's already a madrega because there's a kid who doesn't want to bring his dad the slippers as well. But but Cole's man, you want to bring your dad the slippers. If your brother brings your dad his slippers, that's not going to feel so great. In fact, that will actually cause a little bit of resentment and pain inside because you want to bring your dad the slippers. It's not about your dad, it's about you. The, the Tanya is trying to help us transition to the level where the perspective is, I want my father to have the slippers. And if we can transition to that, that madrega, then when our brother brings our father the slippers, it's as big a simcha as if we were to have brought him the slippers. Because we've now transitioned from an egocentric avoider which is really about me. God happens to be the, the means by which I can serve myself, so to speak. But if we're Zoich, the, the Tanya's trying to take us to this level where it's not about me bringing my dad the slippers, it's about my dad having the slippers. That's called being a tzaddik. And that answers up the difference between Noyach and Avram, because Noyach was, so to speak, a tzaddik on his level, on, on the level of his door, which was the level of, I want to serve Hashem, which means I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to put on a fur coat. Whereas Avraham was on the level of Hashem should be served. So he made a fire for everyone else. And that now answers up the Indian of the tzitzis and the basic kavaras. Why? Because in a regular basic kavaras, when we're dealing with regular people who are interested in serving God, when they see you serving God, and they can't because they're in the ground, that causes jealousy. Whereas by the tzaddik who transitioned to that different mindset where it's about God, it's not about me, he's bring it on, tell us to fill in, create everything. That's the more, the more mitzvahs, the merrier, because it's not about me serving God, it's about God being served. We can talk about that for a long time. That was another idea. Okay. I mean, is the Shulchan Aruch, um, does he talk about Kevr Tzadikim versus uh, quote-unquote oh. regular Kevr? No, he doesn't. No, that's a good question. He talks about the... In the old days, it said that the, the halacha is that you could go into a basic Kavaras with your tzitzes as long as they weren't dragging on the actual Kavarim. But he says that's not applicable nowadays because nowadays we only wear, in the old days, they used to wear like those kinds of frocks or things like that, where their regular clothing would be high of tzitzes. But nowadays where our, the mitzvah tzitzes is, where the, the, our tzitzes that we wear are kulu l'shem mitzvah, he says then we have a chiv to tuck them in. That's a good question. I didn't find, maybe he does, but I, I didn't find it. I didn't find it. Um... Oh well. Okay. So what was the what was the uh what was the um 
if you look at um pas um what is it uh, yud aleph yud aleph aleph or it's really yud aleph base and gimel we'll just read from the beginning. The one, one language, which was Hebrew, by the way, and they would speak which is interesting because it's in plural, but it means singular words. Okay. That they travel, they found in the, this, whatever it is. Um, I think it's really possible, it's the third possible. This was the Chiddush by the Dor HaFlaga. Yeah, the Dor HaFlaga discovered this Torah, by the way, this isn't, this isn't a Chiddush. This is a, from um, Rav Mattis Weinberg, who was the son of Rav Yaakov Weinberg, the, the uh, nephew of Rav Noah Weinberg. So, um, I read this years ago and it stuck with me. That the, it says, V'yomu ish el reyehu, hava nilbuna levenim. Let's go and make bricks. That we will make bricks. The second pass that carries on, basically. That the, the invention at the time of the Doha Flagger was the brick. Yeah? Not AI. Our generations, we got all different kinds of stuff. But in, the, in those days, the cutting edge was that they created the brick, which means what was the what was the building material they used before Dorflaga? Was it wood? No. Mud. Mud. Mud, well, mud would yeah. stick the things together, but they used rocks. The difference between a brick and a rock is that a brick is every brick is the same. You take the rocks, you smush that you grind them down into whatever, and then you reconstitute them and mold them as bricks. Every rock is completely unique. You've got big rocks, small rocks, round rocks, sharp rocks, jagged rocks, colorfuls. Every rock is completely unique. Every brick is exactly the same. This is the difference between a kadosh yichud and a trefer yichud. Or a trefer, I would say achdus. A kadosh achdus is that you have a thousand different instruments all under the auspices and the lead of the same conductor and you have a symphony. A trefer achdus is when you have a thousand violins and they're all playing the exact same thing. That's just loud. There's no mila to the achdus. See, achdus is meant to be, I'll quote a famous, my my, my Rebbe says like this, and this goes back to the first thing we said, remember about, about marriage, about the merging with the actual person. So he says one plus one equals one. That's what marriage is about. Marriage is meant to be one plus one equals one. And um, my... Goyesha Rebbe, who I've learned a lot from, his 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 catchphrase was is called synergy. One plus one equals three, <laughs> which is my two whatever. My Jewish Rebbe says one plus one equals one, and my non-Jewish Rebbe, he taught me a lot about being human, said one plus one equals three. I thought it was quite cute. What does it mean? 
my Rebbe is saying one plus one equals one, meaning that the union of marriage is a merging of the two into one. That's what it is. You stay with separate names, like you have your, but the actual essence of who you are becomes one, that like you and your wife become one on, a, on an essential level. Whereas one plus one equals three is talking about a human achdus where, where two people are, two people together are worth more than the sum of the parts. So when you've got two people working together, they can do as much work as three people. That's called synergy. That's where one plus one equals three, meaning that if you put uh, two instrument, instruments together, you don't just get 200%, you get 300%. You get a, you get a, a 300% increase in the, in the, in the beauty or the, the, um, of the uh, of the music, so that's that's what that's what Achdus on on a on a on a on a level of uh, of this world being holy is is that we have we have separate distinct parts coming together, and that creates more than the sum of the parts. A good example is a is an LCD screen. Right now, you're looking at a screen. Yeah, it's probably let's say it's made of uh, two and a half, let's say three million pixels. Yeah, a regular screen that you're looking at, I don't know what screens you're looking at, but a regular laptop computer is made of about three million pixels. That's three million single dots of color, yeah? Each dot of color, you've just got a teeny little speck of green. What's that worth? It's worth nothing. And put two of them together, it's still worth nothing. Put 10 of them together, it's worth nothing. But you put two and a half million of them together and it becomes almost infinitely valuable. Now I can see a picture. You have to put that many together. But that's the idea of the sum of the parts becoming more valuable than the parts themselves. So that the trafkite of the Doha Flaga was that they were causing everyone to be the same. And I think just as a side point, I think that's a little bit like the woke stuyot that's going on in the world. Because the woke Stuart is saying they really want everyone to look different, like very much so, but you're not allowed to think differently. So in truth, whether you look the same or different, that's kind of irrelevant. The thinking, that's the person being different. That, that, that can't be tolerated. And then this is what Rav, Rav, uh, Rav Weinberg said. What's the outcome of forcing everyone to be the same? What happened by communist Russia when they were trying to force everyone to be the same? There was this explosion of diversity. It split up into myriad different states. And by the door flagger, that's exactly what happened. When you try and force a uniformity on mankind, as opposed to try and help every person find his place, if you try and make everyone be the same, then what happens is they exploded out and they ended up speaking all different languages. And I'm sure they started wearing different clothes. They started eating different foods. They started listening to different musics. They started driving different cars. Vachule, vachule. Yeah, it was, it, the more you try and compress people into being the same, the more they're going to explode out into, 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 um, into a diversity. And that's exactly what happened by communist Russia. And that was the idea here.
Okay, we'll finish on one one quick last point. Is the idea of what we just said? They built the Tower of Babel. Yeah, the Tower of Babel was meant to reach up to the heavens. Why did they build it in Bikashina? Why did they build it in a valley? What sense does that make? You're trying to build the biggest tower in the world, reaching up to the sky. Build it on a mountain. Don't build it in a valley. <laughs> and then another thing that the um, that the uh, the Eben Ezra says, which which will blow your mind, and it's the same idea, is he goes to a Heshbon and works out without getting into the details of the Heshbon. He basically tells you that Avraham was involved in building Migdal Bavel. And he says, don't be surprised. This is what the other says. I just say it outside. I have it in Hebrew. He says, and don't be surprised because you should know also that Noach and Shame were also involved in building the big Migdal, the, the Migdal Pavel. Is that where it's like? Ebenezer says that. If so, according to his whole Heshbon, it comes out that Avraham was of the builders of the Migdal. The don't be shocked or surprised. Why? They were also there. They were all involved in it. So that the three biggest tzaddikim in the world, Avraham, Noach, and Shame, were all there helping to build the helping to build the, the Migdal. And that's the same, it's the same reason why it was built in a valley. And it's the answer to the question is from the difference between the the word MS and Sheke. MS is Aleph, Mem, Saf, as we know, beginning, middle, end, and whatever. And it's all Kaseda. Yeah. And it's also solid. The Aleph is very solid. The Mem is solid. The, 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 the tough is solid. Yeah. They're like founded. They've got a song base. Whereas Sheke, Shin, Kuf, Resh, it's all. Um, on single points, shin is a point, kuf is balancing and the race on one point. Yeah. And it's not Aleph Mem tough from you know middle uh, beginning, middle, end. It's all right at the end. Yeah. Shin kuf race is the last the of the last four letters, it's the last three, but it doesn't hit the tough. Yeah. So the actual order would be um kuf race shin tough. So you've got shin kuf race. They're all at the end, and then they didn't even reach tough. But, and they're out of order, except for Shin, Kuf, Reish. The Kuf and the Reish is in order. So Sheker is Kulu, one side. It's it's not in order, and it's it's all precariously balanced. But there's one teeny little bit of order in it. The, the Kuf and the Reish is Kassidran, is in order. Why? Because for Sheker to have any kind of Kiyam, there has to be an element of MS. If there isn't a tipa of MS, at least a tipa of MS, it, it can't be, there can't be any Kiyam Bichlal. It won't get off the ground Bichlal. And that's why Avraham, Noach, and Shame were involved. Why? Because they built the, they built the Migdal in a valley. The valley is a kind of um, a U-shape, yeah? And um, I can't remember where I saw this, but it's in the Meforshim. The, um, 
in the old days when an army would um what's the word um like surrender uh when an army would surrender what they would do the sign that they would surrender was they would hold their bow from their bow and arrow they would hold it upwards in the same shape as a valley usually you're holding the bow with the with the the curved bit pointing away from you yeah but what they would do is they would turn it upside down lift it high above their head and it would look like that and that would be a sign of surrender so they built migdal migdal bavel in the valley which appears to be that level of kind of submission and that was the little level of the little drop of MS that they included in the Migdal Bavel. And that caused Avraham, Shame, and Noyach to get involved in the project because they thought it was a Heiliger project. And that answers up why the Tipa of there's the Tipa of MS in Sheker, there was the Tipa of MS in Migdal Bavel. And that caused the Tzaddikim of the time to actually become to actually get involved in the project. So the question really was on this piece, which is which is wild, is why these three tzaddikim were involved. That's the question, right? How did they get involved? And they got involved because they were... Yeah, go on. Because they were almost... But it seems negative. It seems like they were involved because they were they were trapped in a way. There was that little bit of MS in the Sheker. They thought it was something legit. Is that what you're? Is that what there, I'm getting? There was the well. There was. There's two things. Firstly, they saw that element of MS, and maybe they were gums. They were. They were or whatever it was. They saw that element of MS in the project, and they thought it had an MS ticker project. But they were also necessary as an element of MS in the project. They, 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 they became an element. Involved. They became, like we just said, every piece of Sheker needs an element of MS. They became the MS in the project that allowed it. So, so it's like the people, the the Rishoyim tricked the Tzaddikim into into becoming part of the project, and it by was, doing it in the valley. And it was the Tzaddikim's MS that allowed the project to have some kind of kiyum. Why would they get, what was the point of it then? Why would they, even if it was built in the valley, why would the, these three tzaddikim be involved? There was different reasons. I mean, one of the, one of the, there's, there's three different reasons why Rashi brings, no? Um, what were the three reasons? The last one, well, the, one of them was to make a milchama with Hashem. But one of the last reason Rashi gives is to, uh, because they, they figured out, I think once every 1,634 years, and so I bet you have it here actually. Oh, there's such an important another toilet I wanted to mention. People need to run, or you have a you have another few minutes for another another toilet. Really could we could we could we say that the the Avram Noach and Shame had to remove the sites of MS from the from the tower, and that's why they were there as well. This aspect, and that's why everyone else was destroyed. Maybe sounds good to me. Hashem likes it when we talk. Hashem likes us to, like, you know, Hashem likes it when we when we postulate and wonder and ponder and think about these ideas. It's it's it's, uh, it's very good. I don't know. I don't know the answer to the question. But uh, but it, it sounds uh, it sounds like a valid idea. Uh, let's finish. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading the Mezrash says here. 
mm-hmm. as a piece here. They said they, they had a rationale explanation for everything. Analyzed was nothing but a natural phenomenon. They stated once every 1,656 years, yeah, the, the which was the amount of years between the creation of flood, the heavens shake, causing a flood. To prevent the heavens from collapsing again, we must take Brooklyn, one of the west. The first pillar will be this tower in the east in the valley above it. Yeah, Narashi brings out that medrash. So th- this this next this next idea, I mean, I gave a whole shirin at the other day, and it's really the foundation of the difference between yidden and, and non-Jews. Um, and I'm just going to say it very quickly because it really demands a whole shir, but I'm going to say it in a couple of minutes as well, Hashem. That the difference between a Jew and a non-Jew is that a Jew is a human being with an neshama, and a non-Jew is a human being. So the difference is the neshama. For practical practical purposes, the non the the Jew. It's really not fair to give to say this so quickly, but I'm going to say it quickly. Um, that the the Jew has a natural ability to appreciate the reality of another person. He was built in such a way that naturally he can appreciate that another person exists. And that's why if you look, you know, like uh, even by the secular Yidden, the amount of tzedakah that secular Yidden give compared uh, comparatively to, to everyone else is, is completely out of proportion. Yeah, there's just this... We're called Goim Lechasadim, Rachmanim, Rachmanim Goim Lechasadim, Baishanim. Yeah, that's the natural, the natural uh, character traits of the Jew. So the the natural character traits of the Jew is that he can appreciate a human being, and our avoider in this world is to come to appreciate the reality of Hashem. That's what a Jew is here to. We don't naturally appreciate that God is a Matthias. So our avoider here is to come to to appreciate that God is a Matthias. The avoider of the non-Jew in this world is to use his intellect to come to understand that another human being is a Matthias. That's the highest level that a non-Jew can come to by using his intellect to come to appreciate the reality of another human being. And that's why by the notes to him, they say, you have to know, love your neighbor as thyself. That's the whole thing. Yeah, that's the whole thing is coming to appreciate that another human being is a Matthias. And that's a very high madrega. That is a high madrega. To use your intellect, though, to use your intellect, it makes sense. Okay? Listen to this. That. The B'nai Noyach are, they've got seven mitzvahs, yeah? By the by the by the mabul, the um the uh one second where's my okay. oh yeah by the um by the mabul, they um there was there was theft. There was other stuff going on as well. But the primary, the main thing was theft. The marble, you could look at the marble as was like a, a din, uh, it was a gazerus misa on them. It was uh it was um they were um 
they were high of Misa. Yeah? The whole door is high of Misa. But Rashi says that the main the main Aveira there, so that actually the Ochaim says, the main Aveira there, maybe Rashi brings it as well, the main Aveira there was was actually Hamas in Yana the Yoma, Hamas, and that he said was they were stealing. But they weren't just stealing. See, the the the, the Bnei Noach have a chi of Misa if they're over on the uh they're chi of Misa if they're over on the Sheva Mitzvah Noach. But they're not hired Misa if they steal less than a Shava Pruta. Less than a Shava Pruta. The Chir Misa is only Chal if somebody steals more than a Pruta. And the, the, um, uh, the Orchayim says that what they were doing is everyone had these bowls of uh, Tumusim, some kind of vegetable, and they were each stealing one of these vegetables from everyone, from, from person's bowl. And each vegetable was worth less than a Shavapruta. So what the question becomes, why were they high of Misa? Why did Hashem bring a mubble if they weren't even stealing a Pruta? They were stealing less than a Sheva Pruta. You with me? So the, the Orchayim HaKadosh answers, it appears to me, that the they were the the, the Medrash explains that except that they were they were Mavatal design mitzvahs b'nei noyach oid lehem show humsin adam has They went against the the Torah's adam has the 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 Torah of intelligence. They used their intellect. They were clever. They weren't stealing a Shava Pruta because they were using their intellect to outsmart the mitzvah, to outsmart the the the, the din, the din that they were high. If you steal a she, if the person steals a Sheva Pruta, he's high of Misa. So they were using their intellect, being tricky, to each one of them took less than a Sheva Pruta from this guy's bowl. So none of them were high of Misa. That's why they were high of Misa. Because the very tool that they were given to reach perfection, their intellect, they were using to go against the Boinishlodem. And that's Chayim Misa. Okay, that idea was really worth a lot of time, but we said it quickly. Okay, Shkoya. Thank you, Lepshimbo. Have a great job. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. That was great. Thank you.